is on his way from New York City to either Italy or Spain. I'm not sure what the first stop is, but it's Paris. Oh, there you go. Um, that's not neither Italy or Spain, is it? He's over there somewhere. Um, so he'll be out for a couple of Sundays. God bless him um, as they um, spend some time um, together and having fun. Um, there are some announcements on the back of your um, order of worship. There are just a couple of them that need to be punched. Mike, you have an announcement you want to punch for the tickets, ticket sales. Thanks, Mike. Sybil, we are putting hoops and cheer together. We completed our final registrations for hoops and cheers this past Friday. Um, we put the teams together, got all that ready to go. We find that we are in need of two basketball coaches for kindergarten and first grade. We also need about four cheer coaches. Um, and we would love it if people from the church would and could and would volunteer to fill those two spots. We have manuals that tell you how to do every bit of it, how to run drills, how to do cheers, the whole thing. We have a huge team of people to help if you feel like you need help. It requires one hour of practice either on Tuesday or Thursday evening for eight weeks. One, in, one to one and a half hours if we're running light, you might be here for an hour and a half on Saturday, but on average an hour to an hour and a half on Saturday for six weeks. Um, if we have to, we will call parents and plea for the parents to please step in and coach. But this is a ministry that we do. Um, we want to spread the love of Jesus. There's nobody better to do that than you guys. You guys know who we are. You know what we are. You know what we believe. 
and you're the best at spreading the love of Jesus to these children. So if you would please prayerfully consider, we need two kindergarten, first grade basketball coaches and about four cheer coaches. If you're interested, you can contact me, Mary Ryan, Nora Hobson, Jamie Gillette, Samantha Littrell. Any one of us can get you hooked up. Please prayerfully consider doing that for us. Thank you. Thanks. If you are visiting here, um, welcome to Community Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here. Um, Let us stand and greet each other as um, as we begin our worship.
loving God. It has been a week we will never forget. Living in Kentucky and watching Hurricane Harvey slam against the Texas coast was scary from here. We can't imagine what it would be like to do everything you knew to do to try to save your family, your beloved pets, your home, only to watch the water keep coming for days on end. For those, oh God, who lost family members, we cry with them and we pray for them. For those whose homes have been destroyed, who feel lost, who are not sure what's next, comfort them. God, we thank you for those who rushed in to help, who left dry homes, paying jobs, and loving families to help the stranger on the side of the road. I think you told us a story about that once. Bless them. It is in times like these that we see genuine love in action. It is where we find neighbors loving neighbors as themselves. Forgive us, God, that it takes, us, takes a hurricane to shake us to our core and forces us to understand that we are all in this together, that none of us can do this thing called life alone. This is what the kingdom of God looks like when it's working as you had created it to be. Well, we live in Henderson and not Houston, but God push us not to forget that we too have neighbors in need. We need each other. None of us can do this alone. So may our love be genuine as we serve you day by day. Amen. Amen.
told Mary that uh, she beat me by a few people here over these wonderful two, but I'm going to talk about a kind of a big word today, okay? Do you know what it is? Can you tell? Hospitality. That's a big old word. Got 11 letters in it. That's pretty long, isn't it? Okay. Let me do this. If I take the I-T-Y, what's it spell? Hospital. Hmm. What do you go to the hospital for? You're sick or hurt. What do they do for you? They fix you up. They, they see your needs and get you medicine and make you feel better, doesn't it? Well, I think it's wonderful that that word is in hospitality, but we, we tend to use it other ways, too. And it's something I think we have to learn. We're not born with that, naturally, just to be, show hospitality to everyone. We need, we need to learn some things. Well, it's kind of hard when you're sitting around with your face in a screen all the time or your earbuds in your ear and you're sitting there kind of like this and people are trying to talk to you and you go, mm, no. That, that's not greeting and seeing people. We need to reach out and get rid of that thing every once in a while so we can learn this and care about others. What about those at school and on the playground, everywhere? It, uh, share a bite of food. Give them a pencil. Say hi. A new new one, new student at school. What do you do? Say hi to them. Welcome them. And you know it doesn't always have to be somebody you really like. That's the test of it, is whether you can share and do things with people that you may not be real, real, real crazy about. Okay? But I'm going to do one more thing today and talk to you. <laughs> Manners. Hmm. What? You know, also in all that face on everything, we tend to forget to say thank you, please, you're welcome. They're just adults. We all can learn this. I used to tell my eighth grade students that I taught, I did not require yes, ma'am, but I required yes. Not yeah, yeah, all that. Just, and be aware of those kind of manners. Don't you think that would really work? There's a story in the Bible of Mary and Martha. They're sisters. My sister and I always identify with Mary and Martha because Martha was the one that stayed in the kitchen and cooked and did everything. Mary was the one out front kind of entertaining and everything. Well, to this day, I'm still the one in the kitchen. And my sister's the one supposed to be entertaining and all. But we also see in that lesson that there's a ministry there both ways. You're greeting but you're in the kitchen, you're preparing and helping serve those people. It's just, it's, it, it works both ways. And as Mary said this morning, one of the best examples of all this is this week with the Hurricane Harvey. The stories we've seen and the inspiration these people have given us is just beyond, beyond. And we need to remember that. And in this day of, you know, not too sure where we all lie with Who's this and who's that and who's...
trespass against us. And give us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but
but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with God and good. We ask these thanks in our Lord's name. Amen.
Hi, my name is Bryson Carter. I'm a lifelong Clemson fan. I was diagnosed as a teenager, maybe 15 or 16 years old, with retinitis pigmentosa. When I was in high school, I started noticing changes in my eyesight. Slowly over time, I've continued to lose more eyesight. When I started my freshman year at Clemson, I was getting to the point where it was becoming very difficult to read regular print. But eventually, I continued to lose more and more eyesight. It became more difficult to get around campus, more difficult to get to class. Life became more frustrating as I continued to lose more eyesight. Eventually, I discontinued my degree program. I wanted to be as quote-unquote normal as possible, whatever that is. So even though I couldn't see, I still wanted to go to football games. I've been to 136 consecutive Clemson football games. You want to be involved in any way you can to be a part of Clemson, and not just football, but Clemson. So some of us have to be a part of that in different ways, and I just, I just love football, and I'm so thankful I get to be a fan. Before. I attended the Louisiana Center for the Blind. I did not have the confidence to walk around on my own. I was embarrassed to be losing my eyesight. The Hill was the easiest place for me to go as a student. Not only is that where they put the students, but even after that, that's still where I wanted to be. It's all I had known in going to the football games, and it made the most sense, practically. There were no stairs to maneuver, there was no seat number to try and find. And not being able to see the action on the field. I'm so thankful to Tim Willis, the Voice of Tiger Band, and the game announcer, Dale Gilbert. Because for me, they paint such a picture of what is going on between them announcing over the PA system and the band and the roar of the crowd and of course if we score the cannon firing I have a pretty good idea of what's going on I'm very thankful that I'm able to enjoy a football game even if I cannot see it the way I used to be able to Bryson Carter is a pretty cool guy as you can see by this video, he is a big Clemson University fan. 
He's been to 136 consecutive Clemson football games. I get to meet him in a couple of weeks. My baby brother, Rick, and my sister-in-law, Deb, are equally big Clemson University fans. Now, neither of them went to Clemson, but they began, to go in, they began going to the games many years ago when they lived in South Carolina because of John A. Walter, who lives near Clemson. If you were at my mom's funeral, John A. was the man with the white hair that was sitting next to me. He is my third brother by another mother. John A., his name's John Austin Walter, and we grew up calling him John A. John A.'s dad died when he was five years old, and his, he and his older sister were raised by their mother and two old maid aunts, none of whom were prepared to raise two children. They were fellow church members at the First Baptist in Mount Carmel, where we were raised. John A. was actually my older brother Rocky's best friend growing up, so he spent a lot of time at our house. We would laugh and say that he would show up like clockwork most nights just as we were sitting down for dinner. My mom would say, John A., have you had dinner? Come on in and have dinner with us. And John A. would say, thanks, Mrs. Roy." in his best Eddie Haskell voice, and we'd set another place at the table. What I learned 50 years later, sitting out on my patio before our mother's funeral, my sister's here, before our mother's funeral, was that John A. would show up at our house before dinner because chances are there wouldn't be food in their house. I'm sure my mom figured that out pretty quickly. I hadn't until last year. All I knew was that John A. had been a big part of my family my whole life. He loved our mother as much or more as his own mother, and she loved him like a son. Now, what does all that have to do with Bryson Carter and Clemson football, you ask? Well, John A. grew up moved to South Carolina, married his wife, Patty, been married 48 years, just celebrated their wedding anniversary, became a successful businessman, and they have two sons, Jason and Kyle. John A. and Patty raised their sons in the church, and they are good, strong, loving Christian men. Well, one day, several years ago, Kyle was sitting at a bus stop in Clemson and struck up a conversation with a blind guy. And that was the beginning of a great friendship. What got cut from Bryson's story in this video, much to his frustration, was that he has been able to go to 136 consecutive Clemson University football games and feel a part of the crowd because Kyle Walter takes him to most of them. Did you hear the energy in Bryce's voice, the pleasure he gets when he gets to be quote-unquote normal, the joy he finds in being part of Clemson? Because Kyle's love for his friend, Bryson, is genuine, 
because John A.'s love for his son Kyle is genuine. Because our mother's love for a kid named John A. was genuine. Bryson Carter enjoys a better life. And Clemson University is playing the University of Louisville in Louisville weekend after next. And John A. and Kyle and Bryson are coming to Rick and Debs for the weekend. And I get to be part of the group who goes to consecutive game number 137. Let love be genuine. Be devoted to one another in Christian love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Huh. Some of you have met my best friend, Jeannie Hofacket, from San Francisco. We have been best friends since we met at Garden Hills Baptist Church in Champaign, Illinois, in 1981. Neither of us had been there very long, so the pastor thought that we might enjoy going to lunch that Easter Sunday, so he introduced us and made that suggestion. Obviously, he was right. Now, while Jeannie and I have a lot in common, one of the things that we do not share is her love for all flavors of hot tea. That she got from her mother. Jeannie can drink some of the oddest tea concoctions I have ever seen. I keep telling her she's drinking trees. But there was nothing better for Jeannie and Mrs. Hofacket than to sit together over a pot of weird tea and talk and laugh and just be mother and daughter. When Mrs. Hofacket died about eight years ago, Mother's Day became particularly tough. I understand that now. But Jeannie decided to remember her mother, particularly on Mother's Day, by partnering with a local women and children's homeless shelter and her favorite tea cafe named Time for Tea, Time, T-H-Y-M-E, Time for Tea in San Francisco. The shelter would choose two or three mothers and their daughters, take them to find a nice outfit each, and then they would be treated to an afternoon tea party at Time for Tea on the Saturday before Mother's Day. This was Jeannie's gift to honor her mother and remember their time together. Be joyful in hope, patient in in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Hmm. Fred Craddock was a theologian, a writer, a teacher, a storyteller. Um, I had the great privilege of leading a a preaching conference with him several years ago. In his book, Craddock Stories, he tells this story. My mother took us to church in Sunday school. My father didn't go. He complained about Sunday dinner being late whenever she would come home. 
Sometimes the preacher would call and my father would say, I know what the church wants. Church doesn't care about me. Church wants another name, another pledge. Another name, another pledge, right? Isn't that about the name of it? Another name, another pledge. That's what he always said. Sometimes we'd have a revival. Pastor would bring the evangelist and say to the evangelist, Now there's one. Sick him. Get him. Get him. And my father would say the same thing. Every time, my mother in the kitchen, always nervous, in fear of flaring tempers and somebody being hurt. And always, my father said, church doesn't care about me. Church wants another name and another pledge. I bet I heard that a thousand times. He was in the veterans hospital and he was down to 73 pounds. They had taken out his throat and said, it's too late. They put in a metal tube and x-rays burned him to pieces. I flew in to see him, says Craddock. He didn't speak, couldn't eat. I looked around the room, potted plants and cut flowers on all the window sills, a stack of cards 20 inches deep beside his bed, even that tray where they put food if you could eat. On that was a flower. All the flowers beside the bed, every card, every blossom were from persons or groups from the church. He saw me read a card. He could not speak, so he took the Kleenex box and wrote on the side of it a quote from Shakespeare. He said, he wrote, In this harsh world, draw your breath in pain and tell my story. I said, what's your story, Daddy? And he wrote, I was wrong. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Huh. An article was posted by CNN this past Wednesday afternoon that reported that at least four Houston area mosques, all affiliated with the Islamic Society of Greater Houston, are currently serving as 24-hour shelters from Hurricane Harvey. One of them was the Brand Lane Islamic Center in Stafford, a suburban southwest of a suburb southwest of Houston, we started with a family of six, said the center director. We have 80 to 90 people right now. The mosque probably had enough room and resources to take care of another 100 people. People came in with just the clothes they were wearing, he said. He said the community has been generous with donations, bringing everything from hot food and clothes to toys and books for the kids. Once people found out the center was serving as a shelter, word spread pretty quickly on social media, and donations started pouring in. The Islamic Center is using social media, radio stations, and interfaith efforts with other houses of worship to get the word out 
that the mosques are available as shelters and are seeking donations to help. They were even telling the workers out on the roads to direct people to the mosques, said Muhammad Amin Mullah, the Islamic Society's vice president. The mosques plan to remain open as distribution centers after the evacuation act after the evacuees have left because things like cleaning supplies will be hard to get. Moolah is coordinating all of this as his own home sits underwater. He and his family had to be rescued by boat. But he's thankful for all the help from all over the country and says, this is what we are as true Americans. When the time comes, we are one family. We have seen those interviews uh, with Mattress Mac, the man who opened his furniture store so that people could be there after they had to leave their homes. There are 300 people sleeping on mattresses that cost up to eight to $12,000. I can't imagine buying a mattress for $12,000. But they have found comfort on showroom furniture, sofas, recliners, chairs, dining room tables. Mattress Mac, whose real name is Jim um, Mackingvale, even sent his own delivery trucks to bring people in. His words, his words, and he said, to hell with profits. It's about taking care of people. Folks have been bringing him all kinds of food and supplies to help take care of these 300 furniture store residents. And now I'm going to step out on the limb on this one. Joel Osteen, pastor of Lakewood Church in Houston, a church that seats 16,800 people, told CNN that some people initially seeking shelter at the Lakewood Church were sent to the city's convention center. He said the center, four miles away, was set up to receive people while church leaders needed time to gather volunteers and equipment to make the church livable for evacuees. In an, in an interview on the Today Show on Wednesday, Osteen said that city officials didn't ask him to use the church as a shelter. Once they filled up, they never dreamed that they'd have this many displaced people, and they ask us to become a shelter. It's easy to say that's a big building and they're not using it, but we don't have the volunteers and we don't have the staff that could get here. If they would have, if they would have asked us to be a shelter early on, we could have prepared for it all. If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In the passage just before ours today, Paul told the church in Rome, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, 
and each member belongs to all the others. We cannot do this alone. Frederick Beekner says the final affirmation about the nature of God is contained in a verse in the first epistle of John. God is love. But notice this, says Beekner, that love is not really one of a human being's powers. People cannot achieve love, generate love, wield love as we do our powers of destruction or creation. When we love somebody, it is not something we have achieved. It's something that is happening through us, something that is happening to us as well as to others. Beekner says, to use an old soap opera cliche seriously, it really is something bigger than both of us, infinitely bigger, because whenever love enters this world, God enters. We cannot do this alone. Folks tell me all the time that they don't need to go to church. They can worship on the river or on a hike in the woods or on their back patio. They don't need organized religion to worship, and I would agree with them. All of us have felt the presence of God or seen God's hand or just knew that God was with us in places other than the church building. Alice Walker says anybody can observe the Sabbath, but making it holy surely takes the rest of the week. It is certainly true that we can worship anywhere. But the body of Christ and all its members, you all keep me honest. You all keep me on the path with our discussions in Sunday school. Hearing Tim preach the word each Sunday reminds me of those admonitions so easily lost in the stress and struggles of the week. Paul's admonitions to let love be sincere, be genuine, followed by a whole list of ways to let that love, let, to live that love out. That list is powerful. Be devoted to one another, never lacking in zeal, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in infli- affliction, Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Bless those who persecute you. Live in harmony with one another. Be careful to do what is right. And the most powerful instruction of all, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live it, live in peace with everyone. We cannot do this alone. I need y'all. Thank you for walking this journey with me. Now y'all, come on. We've got some loving and some work to do. Amen. Let us stand and sing our closing hymn. Because we do this together, but Jesus leads the way.